Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning into I Work For Him today. However you're hearing our show on one of many different platforms, Let's letstalkfaith.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Red Nation Rising, however you're hearing us. Maybe you're hearing us live on the radio on Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910. Or even later on tonight at, on AM 1380, however you hear the show today, just know that we prayed for you. We prayed that something we say today would be moved by the Holy Spirit in your heart so that you would learn more about connecting what you learn on Sunday with what you do in your 9 to 5. We're going to have a little bit of a twist on it today, but it's going to challenge you to a different way. You know, generosity. Often the call for generosity gets drowned out by the fact that... Mm, People think, well, the church is just asking for money. The fact that we should do more, but the church, does the church talk about generosity, the benefit of generosity? Does the church focus on the incredible benefits? Seriously, there are benefits. What if you're on the other side? You're the one needing someone to be generous with you. You're a ministry and you need people to bless you. How do you know if those people are ready to give? How can you teach others the value of being generous and match that generosity with a mission passion that's been laid on their heart? All of that really speaks to where I've come in my own walk. And you and I, each one of us usually has at least one or two ministries that we're passionate about that really speak to us. And today, you're going to hear about Mission Increase Foundation, an organization set up specifically to help your favorite nonprofit, your favorite Christian nonprofit, to learn how to operate more effectively, more efficiently. And we've got the Regional Director for Mission Increase Foundation, David Brownlee, with us, and we also got the Area Director with Mission Increase Foundation right here in Tampa Bay, Chuck Peterman. Chuck and David, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim, great to be here. Thanks for having us on, Jim. I hope you feel. I hope you're, you know, still going. Yeah, I'm glad we did this. Uh, you know, because sometimes people go on there and they're like, Jim, seriously, what are you doing? Okay, no, just kidding. Okay, so let's just start with this question because I always ask this question, David. You've been doing Mission Increase Foundation, Mission Increase Foundation for how many years? Uh, four years now. All right, so four years. 2017, the Lord is working in your life. How would you like to see the Lord work specifically in your life, outside of Mission Increase or inside of Mission Increase? What do you want to see Him do in your life this year? Well, great question. Uh, I would say uh, what brought me into the work of Mission Increase, and I think what the Lord was intending to do in my heart, was was two things. One is uh, to grow my own understanding and appreciation for the subject of generosity. And He knew in my life that I had work to do in that area. And so 
with a sense of humor. He, he called me to this work to teach it, uh, but also to have to live it out myself. So that's one aspect of uh, what I would say I've grown in uh, enormously. Okay, but that's what you've already done. What do you want him to do? What, 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 what work has left to be really chiseled at this year? Yeah, so it would be to focus, uh, is really to focus my, my generosity, my, uh, my ability to give on areas that I'm passionate about. So uh, I have uh, have always had a heart, and I feel like I was, in some sense, made to to mentor and to coach. Uh, I think that's a lot of what I feel that this job has done for me is to help me uh, bring that uh, skill set out a little bit and to hone that quality a little bit. So uh, my focus right now is to begin to work with organizations and give generously and to pour myself into organizations that focus a lot on on, men, uh, on mentoring uh, younger folks. Today we're talking about an organization, and I gotta tell you, when I choose a, min, a ministry to highlight on the air, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, they're specifically discipling Christ followers on how to connect their faith to their work. Or, as in the case for today, Mission Increase Foundation is helping organizations that you and I love be more efficient and more effective. And they're in 11 cities around the country, and they can come to a city near you if you want to help get them funded. It th- What they teach is amazing. And we're going to get back with David Brownlee, who's the regional director for Mission Increase Foundation here in the Southeast. But first to Chuck Peterman, the new area director for uh, Tampa Bay here for the Mission Increase Foundation. Chuck, when you look at your life in 2017, what would you like the Lord to do in you this year? Well, I think I would like the Lord just to break me in every way, shape, or form. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's always uh, <laughs> something you... Wow, <laughs> you I'm stepping back. <laughs> Lightning's coming through the ceiling on this yeah. one. Uh, you know, uh, Lord, please break me. Now you're getting into uh, complete fear because he'll, he'll take you up on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm coming into this position from the mission... Um, it, from the ministry leader side. And uh, so I, I think as I come into 2017 for what God, I want God to do in me and through me is as I take on this job and I, I'm meeting with people that I was sitting in their seat, you know, just a year ago, or actually I guess just a few months ago, I was sitting in their seat as a, as a guy that wanted to be long-term sustainable. I wanted to be viable. I wanted to do this in a biblical way. I wanted to invite people to come in with me and do ministry with me, uh, not just uh, frustrate them with not being able to join in, um, is to see that I can talk to ministries and, and nonprofits about the ways that they can sort of take the, the pressure off themselves and say, God has called me to this. I have no reason to believe that he's not going to provide everything that I need not just financially, but with volunteers and with board and leadership. And there's no reason for me to think that God's not going to provide everything. And so to take that mantra of, I'm going to help uh, ministries see that they don't need to to spend the sin time of, of worrying about God providing, but just to invest in the people that they already have around them. David, you just recently got Chuck on your team. Up to this point in time, it's been you doing all the teaching all the time, right? Yeah, correct. So let's just talk about what is Mission Increase Foundation all about? Well, we would refer to it as a, uh, as a ministry to ministries. Uh, we uh, live to basically serve uh, the ministries in our community with uh, teaching, coaching, consulting work, 
primarily in the area of fundraising because that is the greatest felt need of, of most organizations in the nonprofit world is they need help with fundraising. We do that through a biblically-based fundraising model that we teach. We do it in the rhythm of quarterly workshops. Uh, so every quarter we're teaching on some aspect of, of ministry management, ministry leadership, fundraising, communications, cover a number of different areas. From there, we move into uh, small group coaching, which is uh, a little bit more interactive, more peer-to-peer, so discussion-based. And then finally, you know, we follow that up with one-on-one coaching for those ministries that really want to take a deep dive into what we're teaching. So really, and I'm just going to try to just put that in words that I understand, you, as you said, you're a ministry to ministries, and you really are helping them become more efficient and effective. Correct. And we do it, by the way, free of charge to them. So that, That's a word. When you said that at your workshop, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, now you work with ministries, and you do everything you do for free. I mean, that's everybody's favorite four-letter word. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. Our philosophy right from the very beginning is, is to be that ministry to ministries and to minister to them in this area of generosity and fundraising. So our model is basically we raise local support to provide uh, – you know, uh, for an area director in in the communities that we serve, and that allows them then the privilege of going out and serving the ministries in that community free of charge. Every one of the listeners today on the show, and when they listen to the rebroadcast, we all have a ministry that we're passionate about. We all have a ministry like, yeah, that one really resonates with me. And that's why I wanted to bring you on the show today, because every one of those ministries, every one of them has at least at one time or another struggled with fundraising, struggle with being efficient and effective with the dollars that they've been given. They, they've been struggling in those areas. And when I found out what you did, I'm like, what? that's amazing because you are, you're a trainer of nonprofits and not just in, not just in how to raise money, but in so many other ways. Yeah, correct. I mean, we, we do cover the waterfront on some areas. We're not trying to be uh, experts in everything. Our, our, our lane really is in the fundraising uh, arena, but uh, we do that. We express that through uh, work in major giver uh, fundraising. We'll we'll do it through how to do events in a way that's effective for raising money and drawing new people to your ministry through communications with uh, people connected with you, and then some leadership skills like even board development and uh, and how to how to do some strategic planning. We've got David Brownlee in here. Here's the regional southeastern regional director for the Mission Increase Foundation and new local area director for Tampa Bay, Chuck Peterman. Chuck, as you look at, I mean, this is a new deal for you. I mean, how long how long ago did you start with Mission Increase Foundation? I started, you know, as an employee on January the first. So it's uh, a pretty new deal. Pretty new. Yeah, brain is full, taking it in. <laughs> yeah, and, and after listening to David at the workshop a couple of weeks ago, I, I realized you have a lot of stuff to learn before you can do what he does. Well, well you know, it's uh, David's a walking encyclopedia for all this stuff, so I'm just trying to catch a few pages that might fall out. Do, do you carry a digital recorder to record <laughs> what he says? Uh, pretty much. Uh, digital recorders, I have a you know a stenographer that follows behind me uh, dictating everything he says so I can <laughs> relook at it. Mm. No, it's, uh, it's a privilege to, to be mentored by him and, and uh, to be able to, to be at his side for, for a while before I take the reins. So, David, this is an expansion for the Mission Increase Foundation here in the Southeast. What, what, what's in store? Well, we're, uh, we're actually very excited about uh, just a a change of focus here a little bit. We have uh, largely expanded historically uh, 
by being responsive to requests that have come from people in various cities as they hear about mission increase and want to know how they can bring a chapter to their area. So we've been largely reactionary. Um, we're, we're now turning to a mode of wanting to be a little bit more proactive, believing that uh, the Lord is has blessed us where we've gone before, and we want to see greater expansion of that work. So we're starting to be more deliberate about uh, giving certain responsibilities to folks in our organization that will be in the areas of chapter development and oversight of various regions in our country. So, so you can expand a little more quickly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So you said uh, off the air that you're on. You're in 11 cities right now. What are those 11 cities you're in right now? Well, we started. Uh, we originally founded in Portland, Oregon. So that's fantastic. Our, There's our, one coast. Yeah. There you go. We're also in Orange County, California. We're in Phoenix, Arizona. Nashville, Tennessee, Raleigh, North Carolina, Columbus and Springfield area of Ohio, uh, Indianapolis. Uh, we're up in Grand Rapids, uh, up in Michigan. We're in the Tampa Bay area, and we're also in Cleveland. And, and coming soon, opening very soon, is Dallas. So that'll be our 11th uh, city. I'm thinking you're missing the Northeast. There's some significant need up there. Yeah, well, we're, we're missing a lot here in the Southeast, too. There's some obvious cities, Atlanta, Atlanta yeah. Birmingham, and Charlotte. Charlotte, some others that are certainly on our radar for expansion, and we're working in those areas right now. But you're right. I mean, the Northeast is 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 wide open to us, and you know we're anxious to begin to do some work in that area. So the, the goal, no matter where the, the chapter is all across the country, from Portland, Oregon, all the way to here, so you know, 3,500 miles from one end to the other— Every one of these Mission Increase Foundation locations is focused on being a ministry to ministries. Yeah. Yeah, we're all, you know, kind of cut from the same uh, program here. We, you know, raise the local support. So there's local ownership, there's local leadership, and through local advisory boards that are formed around to support the work of the area director and the health and well-being of the area director in that area. And then, you know, taking somebody uh, like Chuck from the community, and it was ideal here. Chuck was a had, you know, was a very successful, you know, business uh, or ministry leader uh, in his own right, built, uh, you know, built the FCA chapter from the ground up here, uh, did it as a student of Mission Increase, and uh, so he was perfectly positioned to come in and, and begin to work as, uh, as a guide and a coach to other ministries on, on walking that same journey. So, Chuck, how many years were you with Fellowship of Christian Athletes? Uh, five. Okay. And and you went into training under Mission Increase Foundation in order to be able to learn how to be more effective at your fundraising and so that you get a perpetuation model already established to keep the ministry going so you could actually do ministry. Yeah, that's, and that's actually making it sound better than it was. It was clueless. I uh, went into FCA uh, with a physical therapy and athletic training kind of background. And uh, so when I, I came into having to know 5013C, having to know board governance it's it's, it's, it's 501c3 yeah. c3 not 3c yeah. <laughs> no. okay. right. see i can't even get that still, right still learning. Yeah. Yeah. Still so, learning. that's okay we're all learning about yeah, something i don't know, know anything about physical therapy so. uh, yeah uh, i'll stretch your hammies when we're done okay um, you know so coming into it I, you know i really needed guidance and not only did i receive guidance but i received uh college course level instruction and help from david and mif and i really credit uh, my success, um, just, just the biblical teaching and having a under, biblical understanding of why I'm doing fundraising and, and how I bring people along with me, not you know to do it in lieu of them, 
Um, well, let's talk about that a little bit. And first of all, I want to make sure I plug the website. It's, if you want to find out more about the Mission Increase Foundation, type uh, type in mif.org, missionincreasefoundation.org, mif.org. And if you want to find out specifically about the Tampa Bay Division, mif.org forward slash Tampa-Bay. So, Chuck, as a ministry leader, I, I want to I want to make it so people understand because we got a lot of listeners that are going. I have this favorite Christian nonprofit. I really want to help them. They seem like they're always asking for money. I want to help them be more effective, more efficient. What did Mission Increase Foundation help you with specifically? They helped me very specifically with, with the idea that first and foremost that I needed to hand over the situation to the Lord. That. I felt called. It was obvious I was called. The door opened for me to do this ministry to teenagers in public schools, and it was growing like gangbusters. So I had no reason to think that it wasn't going to continue. So the very first thing I learned uh, was that you know I don't need to sit around and worry. I just need to invest in the people that God is sending to me who are just as passionate about public school teenagers as I was. And that I didn't need to add more and more and more. I needed to first take the the people that were right next to me, asking me, hey, grow me in this. I, I want to do this with you. I want to impact teenagers. I had everything I needed in the group that I had. I just needed to, to make a brain shift from uh, needing to chase after more and so that I can do the ministry myself to saying, no, the ministry is taking these champions, that's that's our word that we like to use for the people that are walking along with us, and invest in them and try to, you know, replicate myself and make, the, the more chucks there were, the more intentional and awesome ministry that was going to go on in schools rather than me becoming thinner and thinner and thinner, chasing after something that God wasn't calling me to do. So, David, when you look at ministries like FCA and Chuck Peterman, you... How typical is the story of those leaders stretching themselves thin, burning themselves out, struggling and worrying about money? Mm-hmm. How common is that story? Uh, yeah, I would say it's probably almost 100%. Uh, most ministry leaders that come you know, to engage with Mission Increase would, would have a similar story that they, uh, that they don't know a, a lot about fundraising, what they do know about it, what they've seen done. Um, oftentimes feels wrong. It feels manipulative in some way. They don't, you know, it's very transactional. Uh, there's no emphasis on relationship development. I think what Chuck said is, is exactly right, is that um, one of the principles that we know to be true is that when, when givers are surveyed uh, time and time and time again, uh, there's a common theme that runs through that, and that is that givers give to organizations they're connected with, uh, they have trust in, they believe in, they have a relationship with. Uh, well, that, that just follows, you know, the natural idea that people are going to give where their relationships, where there's accountability, where they, they have knowledge of how well their money is being stewarded in that organization. But also, these are areas that God has given them a passion to work and to live out. And, and you know, as you would say, is to put their faith into practice uh, outside of, you know, Sunday worship. So, what Chuck has, has done very successfully is, is, again, look around the people that seem to be very interested in the work of outreach, uh, gospel outreach to, to high, school, high schoolers in his community and say, come do ministry together with me. And as those people engage, as they see the work of ministry 
uh, going on as they see the success of the gospel going forward in in high schools, they they oftentimes can't wait to give. They can't wait to see this continue to grow and expand. And they're asking the question is, how can I invest uh, more in this ministry to help it grow? And that's the kind of connection that that we work with uh, ministry leaders on to make with their champions. At times, ministry can seem overwhelming. You work with—I'm assuming you work with church nonprofits and nonprofits that are not churches, right? Yeah, we work—yeah, uh, in the—there are particularly churches that have uh, ministries connected with them, so it's not—you know, we don't—our uh, our wheelhouse is not necessarily to ta- teach about church giving okay. uh, in, within the church. It's really more fundraising from the standpoint of a parachurch or— a ministry that might be connected with the church, but is responsible for raising their own funding. You know, one of the things I loved about what you taught at the workshop a couple of weeks back when we were at First Baptist over there in St. Pete was that you're, you're teaching ministries to teach their givers how to be transformational givers. Yeah. And that was, I mean, you're teaching them how to be transformational givers, which becomes a blessing to those givers. Yeah. So explain that concept a little bit, because it's a little... that At, at first, people are going to like, oh, so you're teaching me how great it is for me to give. That seems yeah. self-centered, but that's not at all what this is about. Well, yeah, it's an, and, and honestly, this is where the reason that this feels right uh, in the work that we do is uh, you can't read Scripture. You can't read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. You can't read 1 Timothy 6 and many other places, the Proverbs, without realizing what God is calling us to do as, uh, you know, as students of Scripture, as obedient Christ followers in our, in, our, in our life today. And included in that is the blessing that comes from generosity. It is that blessing that the Lord intends for those that are living a life lived generously far exceeds any recognition I could give them as, a, as an organization. So what we're really light, uh, inviting them into is a journey of generosity, is, is unleashing you know, what it is that God intends uh, for them in a, in a generous way. And again, as I mentioned at the start of the show, is this is a work that God was doing in me that led me to the subject of generosity that he's been working in me for a long time on. So so you haven't always been in the nonprofit world? No. So what was your background before this? Yeah, I was largely, uh, you know, finance and operations in, in for-profit organizations, uh, you know, spent uh, the 10 years prior to this in, in the asset management field is, uh, you know, the chief operating officer of a of fund management organization. So. so the Lord was just saying, you need to learn to be more generous. And I'm going to have you learn a way to be more generous by teaching other people how to be more generous. <laughs> yeah, in a way that, like I said, with a sense of humor, called me to teach what I, you well, know, what I needed to begin to live out in my own life. But that's what God always does. Yeah, I mean, you know, absolutely. the things that we need to learn, he uses us in our learning process to bless other people. All right, as I said, we're talking with David Brownlee and Chuck Peterman from the Mission Increase Foundation right here in Tampa Bay and beyond, as David Brownlee just took on the regional responsibility for the Southeast, and Chuck Peterman's taking over the area director position here in Tampa Bay. Chuck, how freaked out does that make you? It's all going to be you. I've uh, been drooling most of the time and trembling in fear with a with a palsy. But other than that, I'm doing okay. <laughs> Great. I'm going to get phone calls from listeners now. Okay. All right. So as I, I want to focus, David, on the success stories, and I want to focus on this idea that you're teaching nonprofit organizations to teach about the transformation that happens in their lives when they become generous givers. And it seems self-serving, 
But really, one of the greatest things as Christ followers, this is my perspective, one of the greatest things as Christ followers that we can learn is to be generous. Because when we hoard stuff, we're miserable people. And the more stuff we have that we're hoarding, the more preoccupied our minds get. Mm -hmm. The more generous we are, the little hold it has on our lives. I used to tell my, my friends, hey, everything is for sale except for my kids, my wife, and my kitty cat snowmobile because the kids love to snowmobile. People listening, that's what you ride on the snow up north in case you're listening in the southeast. But it, it was, now it's today's like, okay, I'll, I'll give anything away, but just, you know, let me keep my bed. I, I want to keep my bed, but if you really need it, I'll give it to you. But it, it's because that stuff doesn't have a hold on me anymore. So somebody taught me that, and that was, Martha and I learned that at Crown Financial Ministries. We learned the true biblical principles of finance so how do you guys teach this generosity this transformational giving well it begins uh, again right just with what scripture has to say about um, about a life lived generously about the benefits and the blessings that come from a life lived generously and you know and oftentimes the mistakes that uh, ministries make just in the in the area of fundraising we we do a great disservice to our givers uh, oftentimes by almost entering into kind of a deal with them, a, a transaction with them. You give me money, and I'll leave you alone for a year. Uh, when really what uh, proper stewardship and a proper understanding of biblical generosity is, is the full-orbed measure of our time, our talent, and our treasure. We know that the Lord is calling us to be generous financially, but he's also uh, calling us to be generous with our time and our talent as well. Um and what we want to do and what we're looking to do as ministry leaders is connect people uh, with their an area where their time and their talent and their treasure flows naturally out of a passion that God has given them, a calling to a particular cause. So why, you know, that's why we have so many different organizations serving so many different causes in our community is because God's calling people to different work. Our job as ministry leaders is to invite those that have a passion for what we're doing into the co-laboring aspect of the work that we're doing to come and give their time, their talent, and their treasure, and to grow uh, their their generosity in that regard in all measures. And, but you're doing that because it's going to benefit the giver. Absolutely. When people, uh, and again, uh, survey after survey will say that uh, givers give uh, to organizations that they're connected with, they have a relationship with. And so generosity grows out of that for the reason that they feel connected. And that, that is a God-given connection. It is what God has called them to do. Chuck, as you used to be a ministry leader with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Tampa Bay, what, what city were you focused in? Uh, Pinellas County. Pinellas County. Wow, that's good. That's where I live. So what city in Pinellas County? I had the just, whole county. You had the whole yes, county. Sir. That's a pretty big county. Toppin Springs. There's a, there's a million Peak. people living in that county. How did you see this play out as you started to teach others about the benefit of being a transformational giver? How did you teach others? What did you see the Lord do in other people's lives as they learned this? Uh, what a seismic shift is, is the way I can put it. Um, you know, I was mailed a book when I began with FCA. Here, fund your ministry, Tiger, go get them type of thing and uh the the overriding um uh you know thing was you know you you make an appointment and and you you make an an awesome presentation and uh you you have this awkward silence and and uh, you know because you want something from them and you know what what mif taught me and maybe made the biggest shift was no what do i want for the givers that i have what do i want for their life for their for their growth spiritually 
Um, and it just took this weight off my shoulders so that when I finally sat down with someone who was interested and wanted to know what was going on, I just kind of went, okay, great. I'm just going to talk to them. I'm going to find out what breaks their heart for ministry. Because you know what? They might not even have the passion that I thought or that they thought. for. They might have African missions or, or something else that's really what their heart is for. So when I came into an opportunity to talk to someone about about FCA, what we're doing, about the penetration we're having for the gospel in middle schools and high schools, we just had, we were two believers talking about how to advance the gospel. And it really became this thing where people would start, hey, Chuck, shut up. I, I What do you need? You know, and so it, it sort of took the, the pressure off of, you know what, I, I don't need to get anything from them. The Holy Spirit will move on this person if they are to be with me and they are to be in this ministry. And, and giving will be a part of that. David, talk about the success stories. As ministries start to grasp and understand what Chuck just said, as he started to invest in other people, as, mm-hmm. as he started to teach them, as he just started to really say, hey, are, this person I'm talking to, are they passionate about my ministry? Or are they passionate about somebody else's ministry? That's where the whole networking piece comes in within the kingdom. But what kind of success stories as ministries start, they, they shift their paradigm from begging for money to matching up people's passions with their ministry and and when they do that shift sorry i'm having a hard get it out what do you see yeah yeah great question um one of my favorite stories actually is is one that chuck and i kind of got to experience and live out together as i was working with chuck to say you know let let's you know work to engage uh the people your champions in the work of ministry so we started thinking i said you know what are ways that you can begin to do that? Well, as you're on your way to a high school to go and meet with a huddle in a, in a high school, pick up the phone and invite one of your champions to go with you. Come do ministry together with me. Come see what the what the Spirit is doing in in through the work of this ministry. And and he actually got he called up somebody and he actually got a guy to show up and at a school and go in and see uh, you know this work being done and to actually see the work of, of FCA and it was a personal phone call hey come and join me I was thinking about you today and so this guy joined Chuck and it forever changed the relationship you had with that uh, with that champion didn't it Chuck it sure did and w- the funniest part was he came because he thought I was full of baloney he said you can't get on a school <laughs> you can't go be walking through the gym you can't talk about Jesus uh, inside this public school and I think he was excited about the thought of it, but I'm not sure he quite believed me until he came with me. Then we walked through the cafeteria together and sat down, you know, with 40, 50 kids and, and had a meeting, and we talked about Jesus and shared the gospel. It was transforming for him in that way. Yeah. Well, and and so you taught a lot in the workshop, and we're talking today with David Brownlee and Chuck Peterman from Mission Increase Foundation here in Tampa Bay. But they're not just here in Tampa Bay; they're in eleven cities across the country, from Portland all the Portland, Oregon, all the way over here to Tampa Bay, and expanding all the time. This is an organization set up to help your favorite Christian nonprofit be more effective, more efficient in their fundraising and operations. When you look at this, David, when you see that, when you hear that, when you see organizations grasp this, that they're really help part of when they're asking people for money, they're really doing those people a favor. When they're teaching this generosity, they're really helping them deep dig deeper into their relationship with the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there this is uh, this is the part where as ministry leaders, and we will often you know go back to the verses in Ephesians four eleven through thirteen that talks about. 
Christ calling some to be leaders to equip the saints for the work of ministry, and that is a primary role of a ministry leader is not to go and do all the work themselves. God did not you know, uniquely gift any of us uh, to go and do everything ourselves. So we're, none of us are you know, uh, fully talented in all the areas that we need to do the ministry the best way that we possibly can. So we have this enormous opportunity to invite talented and gifted and passionate people to join us in that work together. And we become simply an equipper of those people. We provide the opportunity through our organizations to give them an outlet for a passion that God has given them for work. And so we often will refer to it as, um, you know, is the example of uh, the paradigm shift that happens under Transformational Giver, where we often see at banquet events, and most of us have, have all, you know, been to a fundraising banquet, so we know how this goes, is the, the ministry leaders up on stage talking about all the great work that they and the staff have done in this last year, and they look out to this audience of, you know, people in attendance, and just basically the ask is just write a check so that we can continue to do the work uh, for the next year. Just give us enough money so we can pay the staff to go do the great work that you've just heard about. The paradigm shift comes when we say instead, you know, get up out of your seats and come up on stage and do the work together with us. We invite you into the actual work of ministry. We want this co-laboring aspect because we know that God is at work in people's hearts, drawing them uh, to uh, with the same passion to the work that we've uh, that we're engaged in as well, and so when people come and they bring their time, their talent, and their treasure, uh, we get the full measure of people's giftedness, uh, the full measure of their passion, and oftentimes those are the people that give us the next great idea for our ministry to expand it, to to grow it. Uh, so we take advantage. We want to look to those people as being resources that God has given to us, not just as check writers. Uh, again, and we do a great disservice when we simply treat our donors as check writers. What we need to do is invite them into an area um, of their passion to give uh, that full or measure of their generosity. I, I love I mean, what you're saying. I'm trying to take notes and look at things all at the same time. But you, this is, you said that we just don't want check writers because that's people stay disconnected. And I, I tell people often, we support several different missionaries. And like, I just want to be a check writer. I want to be a prayer. Now, I'm, a lot of times I'm supporting people that are overseas. I want to know what's going on so I can pray specifically. I said, right. you better send me, I want a newsletter. Yeah. Don't, don't just, I don't want to just give money. I want to know you're making an impact on the kingdom. I want to know. That's my accountability. I'm giving you money. I want to know you're making an impact, but then I can pray specifically. Like I got one from a missionary today. It's in Arizona that flies planes in Indonesia. And he, and he talked about everything, and he said, oh, and by the way, my daughter finally has a boyfriend, and oh my goodness, I don't like that. I mean, it was just great. I love that real-life stuff. But you said something off the air that this is really, we're, we're teaching that this, this generosity is for them. We're looking for the generosity because it's for them, not from them. Yeah. Speak to that really quick, and we'll hit it more after the break. Yeah, we we would say that uh, ministry leaders need to wake up in the morning with this on their on their lips: is uh, what am I going to do today? Uh, you know, with my champions, where I'm expressing what is it I want for them rather than from them, and that you know, just that one phrase turns everybody's. You know, Chuck alluded to that as being that was the big transformation for him: is how do I serve my champions? How do I how do I invite them into what God is calling them to do and an outlet for their, their time, their talent, and their treasure? How am I inviting them into that as opposed to holding them off with one hand and simply saying, write me a check and I'll leave you alone? Well, and as you're listening today, you may go, hey, you may be one of those check writers and you want to get more involved in the ministry that you're supporting. 
don't make your organization ask you. Just volunteer. You, you just have to understand ministry leaders are typically not great at asking for money or asking for help, but they need it. And if you ask them, they will hug you and kiss you and thank you. You're listening to I Work For Him as we talk about the Mission Increase Foundation. You can find them online at MIF. .org, Mission Increase Foundation. And here's why I want you, our listeners, to know this. Every one of you has a passion for a Christian nonprofit. Every one of you has a, a ministry that you love, but you know they're struggling raising money. You know they're struggling engaging you. Mission Increase Foundation is there to come alongside as a ministry to ministries. And, and David, I really wanted to hit these 10 principles of transformational giving, but for the people just tuning in today, and they're just they're just tuning in, they're like, hey, I got five minutes left, I'm going to listen, I work for him. Transformational giving is what you teach organizations to teach their givers. What is it all about? Well, it starts with uh, a faithfulness, a, a belief in a faithfulness and trustworthiness of God. So Chuck alluded that earlier as being a core principle that we teach is to say, we don't have to have a theology of scarcity. We're not in competition uh, with other organizations. We're not in competition to raise uh, money from a limited pool of, of, of resources. God is an abundant God. God owns it all. He has it all. And he's got enough resources to fund every ministry uh, in existence today with everything they need to accomplish their work. We need to move away from this idea that we're in competition with one another. It's what holds us back from partnership and collaboration and working together for kingdom purposes and a kingdom-mindedness. So first and foremost, we implant that idea, which which means that freedom as a ministry leader means, you know, just drawing those that are connected to you and being able to lead others that aren't supposed to be with you to somebody else. Well, and, and that's and knowing that it is what you are supposed to do when you've got somebody that really isn't just totally connected with you. Say, okay, let me help you find the place in the kingdom that you are designed for, and a lot that scares ministry leaders because yeah. they're like, well, I got volunteer, I don't want to let them go. Right. But God's got it all in mind, and he understands. And so the perfect candidate for Mission Increase Foundation tutoring, mentoring, is who? Uh, our average, the average size of our organization is uh, somewhere between two hundred dollars and $500,000. So we deal with a, a lot of, you know, small ministries. We, you know, we're... We believe we can work successfully with organizations up to about you know two to three million dollars is as the range. Much beyond that, we're talking about organizations that have large development staffs. That's a little bit harder to uh, to kind of integrate principles in. Uh, but we, so we're focused on the larger or on the smaller ministries where oftentimes the executive director and uh, the staff are wearing a lot of different hats. So we come alongside of them. Uh, really to try and help fortify their fundraising and to be, in a sense, an, kind of an outside you know, development person for them, helping to coach them through that. If you want to find out about Mission Increase Foundation, find them online at mif.org, mif.org. Chuck Peterman, you are now going to become, well, you are the area director for Mission Increase Foundation here in Tampa Bay. How? This, it's overwhelming. you got a lot of stuff to learn. you got a lot of places to go. you got a lot of people to t invest in. How are you going to protect your marriage so you don't you don't you don't sacrifice your marriage for a ministry? Thank you, Jim. Thank you for that question. I'm glad you asked it. <laughs> you're just using words I, because uh, you have no idea how you're going to answer that. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I I believe that it will. I'll protect it by taking on the challenge of living out, practicing what I'm preaching. If I'm asking ministries to trust the Lord, uh, it goes beyond funding. It's part of their time as well and their ability to check out from the ministry and all the things that are on their back. So 
I will do it by saying, Holy Spirit, please you know, counsel me and guide me to practice what I preach, to clock out when I'm done for the day and give my wife what she deserves. Do you give your wife permission to smack you upside the head when you're not paying enough attention to her? I do. I do. And, and now thank you've officially God she's done not, it on the air. Okay. Yes. Uh, honey, Jackie, you've heard that. Um, absolutely. You know, I think men, we always need to ask our wife how we're doing. Yeah, we do. We absolutely do. David, it, it's an exciting conversation as we talk about Mission Increase Foundation, the number of organizations that you guys have been able to help in, in your tenure, just four years. How many different organizations have you worked with? Well, we've probably had uh, upwards of 350 ministries uh, in the Tampa Bay area uh, create a ministry account with us, which is kind of the first step in getting engaged with us. Again, no charge for anything that we do, but we do require that they go in, fill out some information, provide some information that helps us to know how to serve them best. It gives us some information about their financial situation. Uh, So we've had over 350 of those organizations register. On an active basis, we're working with about 200 organizations right now, and that's at three different levels of engagement, teaching level, coaching, and then consulting level. Uh, And and I work for him. We'll be one of those organizations to work right alongside you guys because that is, as we grow and expand across the country, we're going to need to have that wisdom. David Brownlee, Chuck Peterman with the Mission Increase Foundation. Thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you very much, Jim. Thanks, Jim, time. for having us on. It's a lot of fun. And as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, you know, just step back and go, what ministry am I so passionate about? I want to help tell them about this organization, Mission Increase Foundation. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him today. I hope that you heard something today that challenged you to get involved and to help those that are helping others. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I figured out that my workplace, it's my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him.